Wardlow, the foot on the chest. The Dark Order is in Rochester! And Rochester is Dark Order country! The six of us are here to stay! Before we get to that, Shivani, hold it up, please. Be a professional. Thank you. Congratulations to everybody that was on the team that won bloody guts, even you, Claudio. Congratulations. See, I'm a nice guy, right? I'm growing up. I'm maturing. Yo, a claim in the gun. Oh, wait a second. Gun club after what we saw last week. Christian Cage, you are unreal. You're like the Michael Jordan of being an asshole. Every time I don't think you can top yourself again, you somehow do. Here's the thing, Matt. You're starting to make your brother sound like the sober one. I say this will be the first time we get a chance to see the champion. And my God, Lee Moriarty has taken so much punishment. What? What the? Are you kidding me? What the hell did he just do? Now, the first time I thought was unintentional because of Tully Blanchard. This time looks very intentional, and this is very uncharacteristic about our champion. Jonathan Gresham does not react like this. Hold on a second. Why is he hugging Tully? Wait a... Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! His mother named Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. Uh, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jeez. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. It's Wednesday, you know what that means. The hottest professional wrestling podcast show is here. The top of wrestling, baby. 
And we got a lot of top shit to be talking about today. We got the top of Rochester's AEW show. That's right. ODM and the professor were both there on hand. We got some news this week. We got Bring It to the Table. And this week we have the Summer of Love for the Monday Night Wars. And uh, we'll even have a movie of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. Maybe the top of wrestling were apparently the bottom of cell service, though. Yo, that's why that may be the most bland intro I think I've ever done in my entire time here. I was like, we do this, we do that, all right. I say professional, but that was probably the worst one ever because I had to restart my phone, the Wi-Fi sucks, we're actually doing just regular phone calls today, like a couple of hillbillies. This is fun. (laughs) All's missing is the landline. Probably have better success with that. Funny thing is, the land I'm on, they have one here. For good reason. (laughs) Well, yeah. No shit, right? Jeez. All right. Let's talk about it. You know, I, I did say that this uh, this past Wednesday, you know, a week ago today, it was AEW Dynamite in Rochester, New York. We're going to give you our take and our rundown on that. But as we like to do, we at least got to dabble a bit into the, uh, the Fantasy League. Um, it was funny because... I was yelling out loud during the thing. Oh, well, one point on that one. Or, oh, that just lost me some points. Yeah, right. And I'm like, I'm sure people around me are like, what the fuck is he talking about? But I'm still whooping everybody's ass. But did you happen to see the flim flammery that happened the other day where it was kind of a shaving of points? Really? No, I didn't. So I don't think it was. It No, it definitely was not intentional. So. It's so funny because you're going to laugh at this exact line at what I tell you about. But So Flamingo puts up the points for uh, SmackDown and Rampage. And it said I had negative four. And I go, what? I was there. (laughs) I was actually there at that fucking show. I didn't have anybody losing that. I had nobody even... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I had... uh, Mercedes Martinez, uh, and I'm like, wait, she was in a match. I'm like, so actually, I think I have points. What are we talking about? And she wrote, oh, my God, I grabbed from April, not August, or not, or not uh, July. And I was like, oh, okay. She goes, I'll do all this all later. I'm like, huh. All right, now I got to start paying attention more. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it, it's fine. I, I think it's okay. It's understandable. We know Flamingo does uh, yeah, no. the points, and she's in second place right but now. But I felt like <clears throat> I felt like Nick Nolte in Blue Chips. I was like, did you shave points? <laughs> oh, what a great movie. What a great movie. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, Yeah, Flamingo's in second. I'm in third. And here's the thing. I'm in third and not that far off from second with, like, five injuries. Well, four now because I dropped one. Four injured wrestlers. And I'm still in third place. Imagine what I would have done with a healthy roster. If Cody didn't get hurt alone, that would have, you know, I still wouldn't have caught up to you with that goddamn Wardlow match. But um, uh, I'd like to to diverge into a a tangent of the fantasy draft and season. We've seen uh, some pictures lately uh, with uh, our beloved Tiger Smith uh, holding the FWE championship. And I, I, I've looked at some of their social media to try to, to sort out what happened. If I'm not mistaken, 
based on a, a recent promo he posted, he did the same thing with that title, the FWE US title, that he did with the Kelly. I legit think this dude just stole it. Are you shitting me? Like, I don't think he won a match for the title. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he posted a promo uh, saying it was all by design that he got multiple phone calls and then he got sent a cease and desist asking for him, telling him to return the title to the, the Federation. <laughs> I feel like I need to call him out for this. Wait, wait, to do a little wait, thing. wait. So when this bag of douche was riding on what could only be the back of a truck, even though he was trying to make it look like a convertible. Bro, um, yeah, it was, yeah. In a parade on 4th of July. Yeah, it was the 4th of July. You mean to tell me. Yeah, well, he's like this big parade. I'm like, did you just put your car in the middle of this thing and just pretend? Because there's no way they're like, well, we're looking for the FWE champion to be involved in this year's parade. <laughs> yeah, literally, I think you can just apply and they'll just tell you, yeah, you can be in. Just put your four ways on and be like, I'm a part of this. Oh, shit. All right, yeah, hop on. <clears throat> Who's really going to check? That's wow. It. And he stole it like the Kelly. Yep, pretty much. Is that why... Is that why they wanted to give me the title at Jazz no, Fest? Was no, just I, to. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Flamingo doing the right thing. <clears throat> That's all. Oh wow! Yeah, man. Shouldn't be surprised, right? No, I'm not. But what was great is that they were at Dynamite, and she put in a message group. I fucking hate Wardlow. <laughs> at that exact time, I just won a street fight. I won a title match. Beautiful. Worked for me. Mm-hmm. And, dude. All right, let, let's get into Dynamite. Let's at least, since I'm already mentioning it. How cool was it with the confetti? <laughs> it was great watching them clean it up afterwards. But, yeah, no, it was super awesome. I actually said out loud, I go, I want that guy's job. The guy that came in with the leaf blower and just got rid of all of the <laughs> confetti. I was like, that looks like a good job, man. Uh, so it really cool. But wait, did when Guevara won, did confetti go off too? Yes. Oh. I don't want it to be that they just use Rochester and do the same thing over and over and over. But... No. Yeah, they kind of did. They kind of did in multiple senses, and we'll get to that. Uh, but I do want to at least lead in with my experience. So you know, Little John, uh, his shirt is officially actually one hundred percent ordered, and he'll be hearing this today. I don't we had think a conversation he's, on the way. I don't I think I don't, all about it. I don't think he's gonna fit in a schmedium. A schmedium. <laughs> it's an extra medium. Okay. Um, but. We we rode from out of town, came in together, and you know, got a, a, a two, three, four, five chicken nuggets, something like that, and got into town. And when we went into the arena first, <laughs> I may have mentioned this when I went to Dynamite, but I have a very cracked looking phone, mm. and I was like, I am so shocked that the the one I got to at Fort Myers, I actually got in. Um, this one, I was like, as we were coming in, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot about this. But it worked. We got in no problem. 
Um, he got like very little looks, like going through the security. Uh-huh. You saw him. He's like three times my stature, and I don't mean like with. Oh, yeah. I'm saying he's a built. He's a built dude. Right. Uh. They kept the, the the fucking guy wanted me. I and I go. I went through the thing already, and he goes, "Did you hear it beep?" I go, "Well, I guess I did." And he started like going around with the the wand, no problem. Then they asked to see my sign. I go, "They literally just opened the they asked me to see my sign." He goes, "I asked you if I could see your sign." I go, "Absolutely." They were just on me, and I'm like, "Look, man, I'm not a threat here." But you know. I'm My sure. face could be around the area. You know, they, they may have seen what happened at Night of Champions 2011. Exactly. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that you reeked of chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, we get to our seats. Now, first of all, we had front row. I wish you could see right now. Neither of us can actually see each other. But, uh, quote, unquote, front row to our section. Why I say, quote, unquote, is because there, uh, I, I had like maybe three extra feet in front of me from the next seat. It looked like we were front row of our section, but they basically, I was like fifth or sixth row right. all together, even though I should have been like front row to my own section with a little more room. But we did realize it, you did get some room out of it. You actually really did. There was a lot more like Everybody else had less room. I had room to, like, we had more room for activities. Let's just say that. It was nice. So we're there. We got our section. And I found a sign in my car before we left. Because we were like, ah, oh, do we bring a sign? Do we not? And I go, dude, I think I still have one in the back of the car from when I went to Revolution. That says, I left my RV for this. <laughs> and then... And then, while we're at our seats, you and I are texting. You say, I'm in section 225. Why don't you tell them what the other side of the sign says? <laughs> Hi, ODM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so awesome. It was just perfect. Um, I actually threw it up during Moxley's entrance. I don't know if you actually saw it. Oh, yeah. The entire Mox- it, did you? Okay, I was like... It didn't make it to TV, but I was like, man, while Wild Thing's going, hey, ODM would be a really cool sign to go right now. The sign definitely was perfectly used, as you can see in the logo. Um, I really wish that someone made comment on it, like, in the uh, on commentary. Being like, yeah, you're right. You, you shouldn't have left your RV for this. <laughs> no. We'll get to that point. Maybe, maybe JR. <laughs> but six seconds in, man, that's all it was. After the uh, pyro went off. Sign was up in the air. Didn't even really plan on doing it, but had a good time. But while we're there in our seats, we've stood up, we've clapped, we've popped a couple times. And Lil John goes, man, either someone's having a party or someone forgot to do their shirt laundry. <laughs> and, and I go, bro, I am afraid that it is me. He goes, nah, it's not us. He goes, it's just, it's coming in waves. I go, nah, it's when we stand up. And he goes, nah, I don't think it's you. He goes, I think it's behind us. I go, okay, all right, fine. That put me to rest. We go to get something to eat, like halfway through the show. And yeah, I, I wear deodorant, okay? That's it. And as I'm asking for the food, the 
cashier girl goes, hmm, you smell good. And I go, I go uh, she goes, yeah. And I go, little John, it was us. It was us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We, you know, we just started cracking up and, uh, yeah. So, yeah, apparently we, we had a little bit of a, a skunk fight following us but we we even came to see you so i'm sure that all of the section 200 was like yo oh <laughs> yeah you can a little bit a little bit all right well let's see any news this week we'll get into the rest of dynamite when we get there but i <laughs> yeah, right. uh, right, what kind of news you got yeah some of this is kind of just pointless i just put it in here i thought it was interesting enough to uh, spark discussion here first one uh, I don't know if you remember this. There's always been talk about a Vince McMahon biography, uh, like a film. Uh, Netflix was going to be working on a docu-series, and it has been pulled from their schedule, apparently. Uh, this is from Figure Four Wrestling Online and Fightful. Uh, from Denise Salcedo. I hope I said that right. She wrote on Twitter, Sources tell me that Vince McMahon Netflix documentary has been pulled and is off the programming spreadsheet at Netflix. A source at Netflix confirmed it no longer being listed on their spreadsheet. Another source at Netflix said, that shit's out of here. Another source indicated that the project was already deep in post-production and that several talent interviews had been done months ago and that millions were spent. I spoke to one of the producers on the project. However, they declined to confirm nor deny the story to me. So, not really a surprise, but uh, gotta be a shot to his ego at the very least. Um, wasn't this the one that like Liam Neeson or something like that was gonna play him or some shit like that? I don't know. I anyway was it? <laughs> uh, well, I di- I will say this: isn't it kind of funny that at the same time McMahon is being outed for something? Did you see that WWE allowed Ric Flair back into the opening package I of stuff? Did I did? <laughs> Tell me that's not a coincidental motherfucking timing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's now. Be. I will say, did did you see Chris Jericho's response about all this? I did not. Okay, I'm going to paraphrase, by the way, but he said, "Yeah, look it. It's wrong. It, yeah, it's disgusting." It's not illegal. It like it, what he did isn't an illegal thing. It's not like he and this is me now riffing here. He didn't go and rape someone that we know of yet. No one has said these that wording, but he hasn't. He had an affair. Yes, that is wrong. And I mean, if you want to call it illegal, yeah, between him and Linda and the eyes of their court and marriage. But other than that. He paid someone, which is a disgusting thing to do. Paid him off to keep their mouth shut. But he didn't do anything illegal. And I'm like, I'm waiting for Jericho to get some shit on this. But I kind of agree with him. I do. It's like it, it kind of what we already said. Vince is Vince. And why is he going to get away with this? Because you've seen this and you're like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, I don't know. what It's. Well, first of all, we don't know that he didn't do anything illegal. The illegal stuff that he would have been doing would be, you know, spending company funds on these payouts. Now, there's no proof or any indication that that's the case. 
Um, but it's certainly always possible there could have been wrongdoings from a corporate structure. I mean, those are the things that they're being investigated for and they're looking into. Um, yeah, he's just a sleazebag. And I mean, I mean, we're talking, this is a, a major publicly traded company. So it's all about the optics and, you know, so there's like two sides to it. There's, there's the morality of it or lack thereof. And then there's the actual, Hey, this is a business. We got to put out a press statement and which they really haven't done much of. <laughs> Basically, they're like, yeah, all right, Stephanie's running things now. You know? So. Uh, well, so. <clears throat> same as it ever was. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, next thing I put in here it was just, you know, again, it's a quote, and uh, we'll. I'm sure we're going to say the same thing about it. Wardlow was apparently on the Wrestling Classic podcast. Uh, and here's a quote from that. Honestly, I shouldn't even give this subject the time of day, and I really don't care to, but I do understand. People got to understand. We were together for three years. Uh, this is him talking about MJF. He was the first three years of my career. He was a big part of my career. So if anybody is allowed to touch on the subject, it's probably me. I'll just say this. He's not a good person. He really is a piece of shit. It was not enjoyable working with him. He put me through more stress than anything, and his behavior inside of the business and outside of the business is unacceptable. But that's all I'm going to say about it. So, Nothing that we don't already know, which is a kayfabe part of <clears throat> wrestling. You basically just broke down your character. Yeah. So, um, I've noticed that two, only two other people, have brought to light their uh, displeasure with his pipe bomb if you will his his shoot the you fucking marks promo jake the snake said it disgusted him and chris jericho said he's not as good as he thinks he is both of these are you know on quotes from both guys by the way both these guys work for AEW <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Like, give me someone outside of AEW saying something about him, then I'll listen. Other than that, I am still 100% convinced this is a work. Oh, 100%. There's there's no way it's not. However, that's not to say Little John and I weren't standing there when all the shit was going on and Wardlow's finally getting the upper hand on uh, Men of the Year. We're like, just wait a second. What if right now Spears and MJF show up and fuck him over? Right. We're like, we just started having that thought, and I go, I'll lose my fucking mind. He goes, as will everybody else. And I, now I'm having this in my mind that even to the very last fucking power bomb, I was like looking around for MJF or waiting for his song. But then I realized it's Rochester, New York. They were definitely not going to waste MJF's return there. Probably not. Probably not. Um,. So, everybody's healthy, right? Oh, yeah, everybody's doing great. Well, except a few people. Uh, So, I'll start with Danielson. I didn't put his name in there. But basically, uh, Tony Khan was commenting on, you know, putting him on ice, you know, just to let him rest, especially with his concerns of concussion history. Uh, So, no word on his return. Meltzer reported on Observer Radio that Cole, Adam Cole, is going to be out for a while. That's the most that he said about it. And Tony Khan did speak about Santana. He said he hasn't talked much publicly about it. Um... Yeah, I'm trying to find where it says. Uh, he says, hopefully it won't be too long, but it could be a relatively long injury. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's about it. He said it's going to be, It sound, he made it sound like it's going to be a while. So, kind of sucks with Santana because, uh, 
felt like he was on the right trajectory. You know, it's a damn shame they wasted them as a tag team. But it looks, you know, they could have done something with Santana as a singles. But that's definitely on the shelf for now. Yep. It's sucks because, I mean, not just because I had him in the league at one point, but also because I really love this team and I, I was on the bandwagon for them to finally win the straps. But negative. All right. Yeah. Well, from one injury to another, uh, your boy, Ilya Dragunov, lost, or I'm sorry, vacated the WWE UK title. Uh, basically, he kind of came out and cut a promo when he relinquished it, uh, saying he's dealing with some injuries and they're going to be having a tournament to crown a new winner. Uh, it's also been noted by a couple people that this could be possibly part of the storyline. So I don't know why. I don't know why they would do that as a storyline, but so. God damn it. <laughs> I have Dragon off in the fantasy I know, league. I know. However, I if I were WWE, NXT UK, whatever the hell this is, put Trent Seven and Tyler Bate in your finals. Tyler Bate, a former champion, could be a champion of two times, or can the new heel Trent Seven beat him? There you go. Just saying. You know, putting them into the tournament – you have heat. It's almost like your Champa Gargano feud. Damn, yeah. I'm really, really good at transitioning. You, you, Look at that. Last you piece of news. It. You nailed it. Last piece. I just threw this in here just for shits and grins. And combing through some of the news stories over the last week, I apparently saw that The Miz and Champa are now in an alliance together. I don't know why. It makes no sense to me. I don't want to understand why and just know. Did you know a couple of weeks back the sound bite that played? That was Maurice talking about her husband's balls. Yes. We don't really I... touch base on. Re- okay. I, I found it and I was like, yeah, that's got to be played. But I gave no context <laughs> or even said anything to you about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's raw. We don't watch that, but heads up. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of that shit on Twitter uh, or some gifts or some shit about it, but. I did see that, uh, you know, lightly talking on WWE. The rematch is set for Street Profits and Usos at SummerSlam. And for the 47th time, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are going to have a match. Now they're calling it the last man standing. I'm sure, you know, it's going to end in some form of bullshit debauchery. So we end up getting another match between them. SummerSlam's not looking all too exciting to see. Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Yeah. There goes Liv's title. Oh, did you see? Uh, did you see the video from the house match with Liv? No, not a house match. Oh, no, dude. So there was a house match recently, <clears throat> and uh, it was Liv versus Natalia. Uh, there's fan video of it. Uh, I think Liv might have won one with a roll up, but either way, she wins. She gets the pin, and Natalia no sells it. As soon as the three hits, she immediately just pops right up and starts talking. It looks like she's talking shit to Liv, but she just says some shit and she rolls out and she heads to the back. Like, she fucking complete. She took the pin, but then she no-sold it after that. Like, just popped up. and yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, you'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's fucked up, so I wonder what's going on there. Because, I mean, you know, Natalia is like a fucking ring general for the women's division. 
But she's also gone heel recently, I, I've seen on SmackDown, so maybe it's going to end up being a triple threat because Rousey and Natalia were friends, and you could put her, Rousey, and Liv in there. I'm just saying, maybe that's the angle they're going. Yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, well, we'll find out. Uh, did you happen to see the other video of Pat McAfee and Michael Cole watching Liv's cash-in? I did, yeah. That's pretty cool. Dear shit, dude. Like, I actually, I mean this. I apologize for the years and years of saying, ah, fuck Michael Cole, blah, blah, blah. Was he annoying for the many years of the things that he'd have to say over and over? Yeah, but the thing is, you know that McMahon's in his ear telling him exactly what needs to be said a million times. We've seen that video that came out, the the leaked video. Right. Are you sure you need me to say it? I've already said it 120 times. Oh, okay. Oh, yep, I'll say it again. Watching him do this, he really is one of the greatest announcers of all time. Watching him pop up, getting excited. And he said that McAfee has completely revitalized his career, um, you know, get, getting him back in. And I just, I don't know. I The more I watch him, I'm like, really is a pretty spot-on fucking announcer. He's never been really that bad. Yeah. Still fucking. Oh, man, I thought, Wow. Wow, I thought I, I held my breath. I'm like, he's going to say boo. <laughs> and you went, yeah. I haven't I'm like, done the okay, boo. all right, all right. I haven't done the boo in a while. I'm sure you'll give That's me another true. opportunity later. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, because there's a lot of uh, fun shit in the wars I can't wait to talk about. But, all right, let's break down Dynamite and Rampage. I know you bounced during Rampage. You said, let me know if I should DVR it. Yeah, the whole thing. It was actually really good. Um, but... Let's get into Dynamite. Wardlow, as we already said, wins the title. Kind of a weird, just flat yeah. finish to the to a title match, considering like he beat everybody down, then just nothing happened. They even had all the, the people from Impact and UFC, all the shit. I'm like, just nothing. Yeah, it was. It was uh Yeah, it was like, all right, he just put him out there, let him get the title. Let's move on. Yeah. And obviously, you heard a lot of these sound bites as the beginning of our show because, you know, it's our Rochester based version. But um, between Matt Hardy's asshole line and Christian Cage saying that you're making your brother seem like the sober one, holy shit. Yeah, it was pretty rough. It was a rough promo to sit through. <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> It was, yeah. I mean, again, the payoff wasn't much. It was like, oh, it's Matt, you know, because, you know, Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. Um, but, I mean, you know, uh, Christian's doing great work on the mic right now, kind of filling that MJF gap right now. So uh, it was worth it for that. Again, ultimately, it was just like, meh, all right, put him through a table, great. I actually yelled out, I'm like, why are you wearing a turtleneck in July? <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It didn't make it to TV. It was enough for me. But he, uh, it, I, I like the new version, Luchasaurus. It's like Kane coming out, the fire that was going off and everything. I was that like, was I cool. I kind of dig this. Yeah. yeah. I wish he would just get rid of the mask. Yeah, it's true. Or just, you know, um, if you want to stay masked, just wear a different mask, not a dinosaur one. Yeah, and I'm like, now they went with the all red thing. If he goes anywhere near a red looking mask, people are going to be like, Kane, there, that's what he's doing. <laughs> right. Um, I've completely changed the name on this team. It's <clears throat> Swerve and Lee. They're Swirly. They can call them Swerve in Our Glory or whatever it is. I don't care. It's Swirly. They ended up defeating Butcher and Blade. The pop Butcher and Blade got. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, another little tidbit of a story. 
we were at our section, hold up the ODM sign. I go, you want to go meet him? You want to go up there? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's dark. Fuck it, let's go. It was a uh, dark elevation matches. So we went to go walk by, and this family walks by. We're talking like two to three 80-year-old people all wearing butcher and blade gear. And then this girl that looks so much like Bunny. And I that I thought it was Bunny for a second. And we stop and we're like, that's got to be the family. We're like, because no one in their age is like, yeah, we're here for Butcher and Blade. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and we're like, oh, my God, that's their fucking family. And you could see them kind of giving them nods and shit when they came out, like when it was cameras weren't on them in the very beginning. Um, they had family and friends kind of scattered throughout the arena as I kind of began to see some of the uh, – what do you call it? The footage from around the arena. But gotcha. yeah, man, they got a great pop, but they lost. Unfortunately, I liked the way that they did the, they keep this rift going between Keith Lee and swerve, right? How swerve accidentally hits him. And when swerve is about to fall off the top rope, I really liked the spot that Lee grabs him and pulls him back in for and being like, we're good. We're all right, man. I, for some reason, I like that spot. Maybe it's because I was directly in front of it. I liked it. Right. That was good. Yeah, the match was fantastic. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, dude. And I've, I don't think I've ever really paid attention that hard to a Butcher and Blade match, but cheering for him hard for that match, that's for sure. Uh, now, this past weekend, I will say that the there was a wrestling revolution i think was the name of it show like a pay-per-view mm. and it was the switchblades back together reuniting john moxley and sammy callahan and they defeated the american wolves but also in that night there was a 3 on 3 cage match horror's cage match it was whatever but the end of it saw Swerve Strickland turn on Rich Swan. Crowd booing hard. He's healed there. I'm calling he's turn he's the one that's definitely turning on Keith Lee. Yeah, it would make sense. It would make the most sense. Yeah. I mean they've kind of given a hint towards it multiple times anyway. You want to be smart? Make Lee go heel. I'd actually, I think I'd actually rather see Keith Lee be heel and see what he can do. I don't like him as a face on the on the mic, the deep talking bass voice, and it's. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. College professor. Pretty much. Eddie Kingston comes to the ring, interviewed by Tony Schiavone. I yelled out, "Tony, cut the shit!" as loud as I could. Oh, Kingston, I loved. Yeah, you know, I'm giving props to everybody. Claudio, it's awesome. I love when he just is on the mic. It's just gold. What were your thoughts on the Ruby Soho door incident? I, I don't get it. Why is there that connection between Andy Kingston and Ruby Soho? I actually had to do some research on that myself. But first of all, I was like, well, she walked right into the door. I didn't like how it looked. I think there could have been a better way of doing this, but it's fine. First, she was the one that took Ty Conti out during Blood and Guts. Okay. Do you remember this? All right, yep. Ty was trying to get involved during Blood and Guts. She came and took her out and beat her ass. I think that's kind of at least the closest connection first. But also, 
Her and Eddie apparently have had a long history of friendship. Go back and watch when Eddie Kingston gets in CM Punk's face and, and Punk goes, after after Eddie just lost to Brian Danielson on Rampage, and Punk goes, I'm disappointed in you when they were starting to begin their feud. Right. Ruby is the one pushing Eddie out of the area and going, come on, let's go, let's go. Hmm. So it's kind of one of those backstage friendships that I think they're kind of letting it bleed out, but you don't always have to say every little thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> it does. Uh, I wish they would just fucking make it known, just fucking drop a line on commentary or something, but that's nitpicking. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But do you need everything told to you all the time? Because that's where this whole kayfabe could be, is like there's some yeah. kayfabe thing going on there we don't know. Yeah, it seems out of nowhere. That's all I'm saying. Well, look at her destination is unknown. All right, end of the uh, show. Here we go. Dark Order comes out to the ring. They're in Rochester, and they're about to, you know, they're saying, you know, Rochester is uh, Dark Order country. Looks like they're going to disband, and they stay together, which is crazy for the time of multiple of them leaving a yeah. list of people who were on a list to go and it was pretty much all of dark order little john and i were talking about it. he goes every one of these guys were on the list i go yeah i know i saw that same list cole cabana notably was not there but we could get into that another time about his contract or where he's gonna be um ah god i think you're not gonna like this take I unless you want to steal it from me so I don't have to sound like a total asshole and we sound like we agree. Oh, you want me to say that it was a terrible segment and it made no sense? Well, that... And why, and why are we still placating the young man known as Negative Thank One? You. I, Thank I get it. I get it. I get it. It's great. It's great. But I don't want it on the program. Save yeah. it for Elevation if you really want to do it. But Rampage would have been fine. No, not even, even when Rampage. he had the mic no, and he that. goes, no, but if, but even when he said, I'll wait till I'm 18 or 19, whatever he said, it sounded like he was going to say more and held the mic to his face. I know. Right. <laughs> yeah, And, he, and, he and then didn't say anything. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, it just, it, it made me pissed off. But you know, you got a lot of big, you know, family in the area of Brody and a lot of Brody chance. And I get it. I really, really, really do. Right. But I, I'm really just saying I hope not every Dynamite in Blue Cross Arena is going to be a I know, right? straight up Jesus Brody Christ. Lee tribute with a TNT <laughs> title match and negative one gets to get involved every time and beat someone up. Yeah, we can That's hope. it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Most likely a very unpopular decision or uh, opinion of mine, but that's just that's me. Um, Roosh and Penta, this is when we went to the bathroom. We we had to go get something to eat, drink, and everything, and that's when the the girl told me that my chicken nuggets were definitely smelling extra fried for the day. Um, but I'm sure I missed a pretty good match, and I did it. And I w- went back and watched it, and I saw the part that we walked right back in at the same part where Penta's uh, walking out with a towel over his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that was pretty much what was going to happen, but I just yeah, I was okay with that because. Once I knew that was a match, I'm like, we got to get back in time. We had to make sure once they kept promoting that it was going to be the acclaimed and the gun club. We're like, 
Oh yeah, baby, Max cast a wrap. We gotta get back in time. We kept thinking it was coming up next. Even when the Dark Order were there, I go, I will take a Max Caster shitting on negative one rap right now. Please. <laughs> I thought that's what was gonna happen. I, when it was QT Marshall, I go, what the fuck? We already saw you earlier on Dark. I I'm know, like, right? it was a perfect yeah, time for, for... I really thought it was gonna be acclaimed. Oh my God, I can't tell you how... I'm like, I, I didn't need to go too negative, but... If they said the right things, they could really get some oh moments. Didn't go that route. Instead, after the Rouge Penta match, Acclaim come out with a gun club. And just as you hear, yo, one of the guns take the mic away from Caster, robbing Rochester of a rap. And you want to hear a solid boo? That was a solid boo. Not one person was happy with that decision. Oh, I was pissed. I was legit pissed. Made me laugh to see that they were taking on Fuego Del Sol, Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder, the bear country, and Leon Ruffin. You remember Leon. He's the one that couldn't even hold up the North American Championship. It went to his waist and went down to his feet. That's him. He was in, on this uh, dynamite match. Um, oh, also in dark, we did get to see local town hero uh, Colin Delaney. Colin Delaney. That was cool. Yep. Yep. Um, but the Gun Club turn on the acclaimed, and just as you think, Daddy Ass was gonna come to the aid and be like, "Guys, you shouldn't do this." Of course, he's with his sons and ends up beating up Bowens. In his very first return match. And now... Well, actually, it's funny is that they actually got the win. But then they ended up beating him up after. Right. But just at the moment when... I think it was Colton Gunn... Mm. Is doing the scissoring from his hands to Bowen's hands. That's the exact moment that the sign... I left my RV for this. <laughs> got zoomed in on TV. And I go, gold! It was such a great And I shot. sent it to you right away. And I go... Well, I think we have our logo for the week. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Oh, it, I mean, it really couldn't have worked at a better time. And I didn't just throw it up at any time. I only threw up, I left my RV for this, in a part where something didn't make sense. All right, or like the, the, very, the very beginning to get myself seen, right? But other than that, wouldn't have worked any better in that exact night than the scissoring moment. And I was oh. like, that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> just made me happy. Yeah, I, I, I then, made me, it made me happy too. Yeah, good. <laughs> then they were like, "Well, you guys are all pretty amped up from that turn. We have a championship match later for the paper title. We're gonna have to let you guys calm down a bit. So let's have Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm team Thunderstorm against Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir, who have apparently stolen." Uh, Marty Skrull's gimmick, where you just come down to the ring with a black umbrella. Yeah, that was. I just weird. started going whoop whoop. I just I, <laughs> I did a whoop whoop a couple of times. We had a dickhead next to us. Nyla's got it. I was like, "Come on, dude, really?" What did he I'm say? Like, Nyla's got a. You oh, know, what a she's a dick. man, and I, I, right? And I was like, eh, "I'm like, you're a drunk asshole." I'm like. Do I start shit with you? I'm like, nah, because I don't want to miss a main event or anything like that or anything <laughs> yeah. good. I'm like, fuck right. it. But my point is, I'm like, really, dude? Anyway, uh, what? I don't know if this is a thing. Maybe I haven't been paying attention to Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm matches. 
or even just a Thunder Rosa match. Did you know that people chant Thunderstruck, or is that was that just a thing in Rochester? I mean, it would make sense. I wouldn't put it past them to buy the music, but or yeah, I don't know, man. They so people like behind us to the left, they were going Thunder. Na, 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 oh, okay, yeah, I don't know. And uh, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" So I started joining on. I was like, "That's kind of cool." So people were chanting it during their match. I liked it. Um, that match ended just as you know. I I pretty much assumed it was going to. Rampage was different. The Moxley versus Brody King match. Look at man. First, I liked Moxley's promo earlier in the night. We also find out that we have several matches coming up at Death Before Dishonor, which is going to be Wheelie Uta versus Daniel Garcia. Great place to announce that match, by the way, mm-hmm. where he's pretty close to home. Uh, and I, I forgot what the other match was. Oh, Joe and Lethal for the TV title. But FTR versus Briscoes 2, and it's been mm-hmm. confirmed. Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. So, Moxie had a good promo earlier in the night and comes out, and I'm not going to lie, prior to Rampage and without the win of uh, Wardlow, Moxley did have the best fucking pop of the night. Crowd went apeshit in Rochester for him. And I was losing my voice singing Wild Thing. I was loving it. And, you know, having the the hey ODM sign up and I'm looking around I'm like yo I can't even see him anymore and he came out right behind us oh yeah and I had yeah. the thought about get going to that area knowing it would happen and I was like I should go do it and I was like uh and I'm like you know what fuck it I'm just gonna hang where we're at like we talked about it but we're like fuck it we'll stay here but I'm looking around I'm like he hung in the crowd pretty long like really play into the crowd I liked it good match everything we thought it was gonna be and Brody King passes out while being choked out. What you didn't get to see on air was Sting and, oh no, before that, Malachi Black coming out and standing beside uh, Brody King, but then Darby Allen and Sting come out, giving us a pretty good moment, and Darby says, you know, basically good job you're like you you earned that you you know you showed it and tried shaking his hand and he walked away and i was like that's an interesting setup for some reason that he was doing that and i'm like even if even if it's off of the yeah you got you were the one that went to the the match after rampage's uh battle royal or i mean i don't know it would never ever happen but i mean shit it would be kind of cool to see sting and darby just go to the house of black for some reason yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think they're probably just going to build it towards that whole David Goliath thing. And it'll fizzle out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Darby yeah, seems lost right now. I don't know if it's just because he doesn't want to work as much or maybe because he works like a fucking maniac, you know, with no regard for his health and safety. So they what? just limit it. Um, you know, he can do one appearance a month because he has to go down, like, higher steps or flights right. each time. Yeah. So I don't know. I have I have a funny feeling that this isn't like uh leading to anything with uh, one of them or both of them joining the House of Black. I think it's just the you know, they had that spot from the Battle Royale and they're gonna milk that for a little bit, unfortunately. Like to be proven wrong. 
Yeah, I, oh, I, I totally agree. So Rampage, man, take, it took a long time to get Rampage up and running. I was kind of losing some steam, but they did. And they opened with Eddie Kingston taking on Konosuke Takashita. Uh, close did I say enough. that right? Yeah, it was close enough. Um, I am a major fan of oh, Takashita. Yeah. yeah, got a lot of potential. Oh, my God. And he came out of nowhere, right, with that match against mm-hmm. Adam Page. Uh, this match was so hard-hitting and so many great spots. Kingston, to me, does a lot of Kenta Kabashi tributes in his match, especially with the fast-paced chops. And it was just, loved the match. It was really good. Showed a good hard-hitting side of Kingston because that's what he's going to need heading into Fighter Fest Night 2. Then we get to see Gates of Agony, which is Toa, Leona, and... Kuhn, I think, is Kaun or Kaun. Kaun. Yeah, what goes that? Kaun. Tully Blanchard's new team. They are, exactly. And they are taking on Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Grisham. So now we finally get to see Grisham show up with the octopus head. We're, we're, We're fucking excited about this. And, man, I mean, for about six or seven minutes, Moriarty is just getting his ass kicked. We're like, okay, so Grisham's coming in with the hot tag. This all makes sense. And we're like, yo, he hasn't even done anything yet. And just as Lee jumps in the air <clears throat> to get the tag, Grisham pulls his hand away. And we all went, oh, you motherfucker, you. And we all started chanting, fuck you, Grisham. And he comes down the steps and hugs Tully Blanchard. And I go, oh, I got got. Oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. Great swerve. I was not ready for that. Good moment. So, heading into Death Before Dishonor, you have a heel world champion for Ring of Honor. All different doors are open for this. I'm kind of curious who's going to face him. Probably going to be Lee Moriarty for turning (laughs) on him. My luck, but (laughs) we'll see where this goes. The next match... Mercedes Martinez, who is the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, tags with Serena Deeb, and they took on local Rochester wrestlers Kayla Sparks and Christina Marie. And as, you know, of course, the professor and Mercedes Martinez get the win, I yelled out, I'm the real professor. I don't think she heard me. But, uh, Deeb, of course, turns on All Mercedes. Right. Looking like she's going to go after the rim, the Ring of Honor women's title. I'm like, <laughs> she better not fail at two women's title matches in a row because she's too good to have her just not be a champion. Yeah, I but like. I mean, she's also at that point in her career, I would think that, you know, she's there to put other people over. You know, she might win a title here or there, but I don't think, well, you know, winning it from Martinez is necessarily what's good for business. Agreed. Well, but at, at the same point, I mean, Mercedes isn't really, I don't want to say she's not marketable, but I don't know. I think D being a badass and a good talker, I think it could be a good transition sure. champion. Um, the We watched Orange Cassidy and Best Friends and Dan House and come to ringside, and then we bounced from there. We didn't <laughs> yeah, want to right. kind of the traffic. Uh, but we at least wanted to see what they looked like and everything up close. Dan House and coming to ring with his... Uh, tie on his lawyer antics were hysterical backstage i thought it was awesome well played i love dan Housen. he is 2022's doink but so much better like 
like you can't beat Dan Ozzy, man. I, I like WWE would water him down in so many stupid comical right. ways. The things he does in, in AEW, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. But tonight on Dynamite, have you felt like you haven't had enough tag team championship matches that are triple threats? Well, don't you fucking worry. AEW is going to give you their 17th this year because it's going to be Bucks, Swirly. In Team Taz. So my money says Bucks retain, and as I said, it's going to be FTR heading into All Out. Uh, Speaking of All Out, we had a great banner that was highlighted at Dynamite that was up there. It was kind of cool to see that. And then they mentioned three days after All Out, Buffalo, baby. Dynamite will have its first uh, appearance there with Rampage. We may have to take a trip, my man. Yeah, it'd be nice. We got time to think about it. But also tonight, yeah, oh yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, let's see what the what the uh, injury list <laughs> yeah, is looking right, like. Seriously. Uh, but for tonight, also speaking of Serena Deeb, she'll be taking on Anna J, so that'll be a win for Deeb. But Claudio Castagnoli will have his first singles match against, uh, well, on Dynamite against Jake Hager, which they. It kind of did a prelude to backstage in Rochester, and I got so excited. I was like, please tell me you're going to say Rampage. Say Rampage. Say Rampage. <laughs> know, right. Next week, I go, you fuckers. And if you think that that was recorded and not done there, man, shout out to my friend, Lisa. She got a goddamn selfie really? with him. Back, outside. She got one with him and... Uh, man, I, I let me quickly look it up here. It's not too far away. She sent it, and I was like, are you shitting me? And I go, well, I was on TV, so take that. <laughs> you see that boy met Edge and Beth Phoenix? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, Wardlow. She got a, she got a picture with it? Wardlow as well. Damn. Yeah. Uh, you know who? You know what? That boy can't fit in a shark cage. But they're going to fit all of Jericho Appreciation Society inside of one. So that should tell you something about that boy. Anyway, next week, we're going to have... It's not even enough that you had to have barbed wire death match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. No, 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 no. You have to have a shark cage where all of Jericho Appreciation Society will be in there with each other. Why? Because it's Shark Week. <sighs> Let's bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! First time in a long time looking at this doc. I have no idea what you're bringing to the table, and you have no idea what I'm bringing to the table. Pretty much. It's good. I like it. Go ahead. I'll I'll give you the honors. Yeah, mine's pretty straightforward. Uh, so Vinny started a baseball camp this week. He's very excited. I picked him up today. Everything was lovely. And I was just on a Twitter machine, and, you know, I like you know they put some, you know, history facts about wrestling sometimes. I saw one uh, that I was aware of, but I thought it kind of lined up with my kids starting baseball camp this week, and that is, if you don't know, a certain Randy Poffo, a.k.a. the Macho Man, used to play minor league baseball. <laughs> he was uh, a catcher, uh, right-handed, broke his arm, started to learn to throw with his left arm, and came back and played as an outfielder, as a lefty. Crazy shit. 
Yeah, there's a Macho Man baseball card out there with his real name. Man, I wonder if anybody has one. Oh, dude, I guarantee you. I'm going to look one up right now. That's uh, it's funny because watching him lose his fucking mind this week on Nitro <laughs> is just really hysterical. And I'm like, could you imagine him rushing the mound? Oh hell yeah, that would be fucking fun. great. That would have been great. Hey, I'm gonna kick your ass, dig it up, put you under the mound. <laughs> maybe I will, maybe I won't. Bro, you can get them on eBay for four bucks. Oh, I just expense it to the top of wrestling bill. The management will get it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this week, what I am bringing to the table, I know that I have already uh, talked about the, I think it was called Wrestling Revolution, whatever it was called, the the night where I got to watch this match of Moxley and Sammy Callahan reuniting. I had the recent uh, benefit to see a match that was a couple of months ago that I never had the chance to see, and I finally got eyes on it. Impact Wrestling, Josh Alexander defending his world championship against Tomohiro Ishii. Such a good match. I forget that Impact is there sometimes, because they're just not on channels (laughs) that are, you know, in the U.S., or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) I, I... I forget that they're there, and and they have some really great wrestlers over there, and some guys are still going. And I, I, I don't know. I'm saying if you have the opportunity, watch Josh Alexander and Tomohiro Ishii. If this is the first time you've ever watched Alexander. The guy is a wrestling powerhouse, and I hope that he makes it further than Impact, but not to the height of WWE. That being said. Let's go to the Monday Night Wars. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Are we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah. Are you a little confused by the voice singing there? <laughs> kind of an interesting uh, thing to watch, too. I 100% watched the ending of this episode. I remember it clearly. I remember where I was. Something tells me I did not turn Raw on at the right time back in the day because I don't remember this at all. It was very confusing. We'll get there. First, it was Bash at the Beach 1997. There were some good moments. There was bad moments. There were some cringy moments. Let's get into it. All right. 
Daytona Beach uh, opens up with a recap of the Luger, Giant, Hogan, Rodman feud, obviously. I was very disappointed. We have our typical commentary team. Uh, I wasn't disappointed in that. You've got uh, the Brain, you got Shivani, and you got Dusty. Dusty wasn't wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt. He probably thought it was a little foo-foo if I had to get fathom a guess, but I was really disappointed he wasn't wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It's a little too flow for me, baby. I like to wear the dark colors. <laughs> nice. Makes me look thin, baby. Uh, we're on the one-year anniversary of Hogan's turn in the formation of the NWO. First match is Mortis and Wrath vs. Glacier and Ernest Miller. Uh, they didn't play the normal Mortis music. It sounded like some ripoff of a Motley Crue tune. Interesting. Was, uh, was that your network? Yes. All of them that then that was a regular mortis t- tune. Hmm. It was weird. Maybe it was just like the intro for the actual pay per view and not their uh intro music. Might have they, been. or sometimes they don't have the rights to the music anymore and they get rid of them and they and they may have edited that pay per view a specific way. Yeah, maybe. Uh let's see, uh they had a nice little spot. They had Glacier on the floor. Wrath puts his uh Glacier's head up against the ring post, a chair on the other side, nice and Mortis spot. super kicks it. It was Glacier and Ernest Miller versus Wrath and Mortis, and you said there was a good spot. Jesus Christ, can you move on? Dude, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> Mortis I'm Mortis and Wrath did the power bomb neckbreaker uh move. I like that combo move. Uh there was the reverse crag with the leg drop off the second uh buckle. I thought that was pretty good. Um, basically, while Glacier, or I'm sorry, while uh, Mortis is down, Vandenberg puts a chain around his boot. Uh, uses that with a super kick to get the win. It's Glacier's first loss since debuting. And for what it was worth, I thought it was a fun little match to open up. You would. Um, did you happen to see the, after it was over, Ernest his uh, reaction while kneeling down near Glacier. Mm, can't say that stuck out to me. All right. Well, he had his arms up in the air like he was Andy Dufresne looking up at the rain coming down on him. <laughs> um, but it was also giving the cries of like when, remember when Tommy Dreamer's like, they shot Johnny. <laughs> no! <laughs> the trope, yeah. It's kind of a cross between both of those and I was like, it's just so awesome because it looked like a fucking Mortal Kombat game. Glacier's down, and he's like, no! It was pretty much... That was my favorite visual of that moment, I, I, of that entire match. Uh, hey, man. For an opener, it wasn't bad. Uh, we had a quick backstage segment. You know, we've got DDP back there with the uh, nerd for the WCW website, and apparently DDP's dad was just hanging out there with him. <laughs> just sit there, Dad. You don't have to do anything. He was a ladies' man. <laughs> he looked like it. Next, we get Ultimate Dragon versus Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Some matches you just watch. Um, there were there were a couple small little botches. Um, but, you know, other than that, it was a fantastic match. Uh, Jericho retained on a counter. And uh, personally for me, we're two for two on this pay-per-view so far. I, this was like, I thought this was a solid match. Oh, it was fantastic. I would have rather this opened, and then I would have been okay with the tag match. Eh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But still, not bad. Uh, we get Gene on the set, plugs the hotline, says uh, who might be in the building. Uh, there's some people here that have no business in here that are here, wondering if it's DDP's partner. Uh, goes ringside to interview Raven and Stevie. 
Stevie Richards is sitting next to, to Raven and Gene goes, hey, pal. I love the, the the use of pal. I don't know if that's a if that's a fucking. I swear, <laughs> I was like, I hope ODM caught that. It made me laugh because he looked over and he's like, Raven, I got a question for you. And he looks right over at Stevie Richards. Stevie gives him a quick thumbs up and he goes, "Hi, pal." And I laughed immediately at the "Hi, pal." I was like, Yes. I don't think I ever realized how much the word "pal" was really used. <laughs> it was well, it gets used again right here because Gene. Without missing a beat, goes right up to Raven and he goes, "Don't Mike Tanay me, pal." Yep. <laughs> uh, Ra- Whatever that means, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that means. What? Because Tanay tried to interview him twice and Raven didn't say anything. Oh, okay. I was like, "What? Know <laughs> yeah. all about the lucha libre wrestling rules and shit?" I don't know what that meant. Okay, all right. Um, Raven does his promo. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a written promo or a candle box song. Um, <laughs> it was Jewel. He's like, I see the clock. It's six a.m. <laughs> uh, Gene calls it Edgar Allan Poe gibberish. Uh, Richard gets on the mic, says, "Raven, tell him about the announcement tomorrow night." And Raven just blasts him with an elbow. So, uh, I l- forgot how much I love <laughs> how awesome Raven's flock is. Shut up, Mimsy. It's just so awesome. And, yeah, and, and I, what he's doing, obviously, is, you know, you're saying the Candlebox song, obviously, and it was him just doing all of his poetic stuff. And I forgot, man, he really – doing those promos, you could hand that promo to someone right now. Let's say you handed that to Roman Reigns. I would bet anyone $100 to a box of fucking donuts that Roman would fuck up that entire speech at some point mm. or somewhere in that entire thing. Cause I don't know. He Raven was a wordsmith and was really good on the mic. I don't people, I don't think people give him enough credit. That was a good part. And I did like the clocking of Stevie Richards. What's <laughs> awesome. Beating up his underling. <laughs> yep. And, and the good news is it's just a sign of things to come. Oh, hell yeah. It continues. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next, we get Great Muda and Masahiro. Oh, my God. Masahiro Chono versus the Steiners. It's great to see Muda, but not in this context. Just not great. Uh, I feel like they're like if the Steiners are really supposed to be really vying to become these tag team champions and saying they need that spot. This was a nostalgic match. That's the only reason they put this on the card, because it made zero sense for any reason at all to have Muda and Shono against the Steiners. Well, they even said if it's an NWO version. Yeah, basically it was like the NWO stipulation that you gotta fight these guys before you fight the outsiders for the titles. <clears throat> but still, just Ooh. pointless. Yeah, exactly. So hey, two two out of three ain't bad so far. Still not a bad start to the Yeah, paper, that's what Meatloaf yeah. said. Two Boo! Fuck you. That was an amazing line. <laughs> well, make that two for four because next was Hoovy, Hector Garza, Someone Junior, and Volano four verse. Oh, and yeah, verse Psychosis, Laparca. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't watch Team Hoovy one. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Was his real name Someone Junior? No, or was it, I, I didn't catch it. Yeah, I just didn't catch it. And I because didn't that care. may be my new favorite uh, wrestling name. <laughs> Someone Junior. Someone Junior. <laughs> Next time I play a wrestling match and create a wrestler, that's the name I'm using. Uh, 
Okay. All right, let's move on. Kevin Sullivan with Jacqueline and Jimmy Hart versus Benoit. It's a career match. A loser will never wrestle on WCW again. Um, they're still doing the whole domestic dispute angle with Sullivan and Jacqueline. Uh, Jack- yeah, this is the cringy part I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack- the walk to the ring was a bit much for me. It was. Uh, Jacqueline was actually getting involved because it was a no-holds-barred match. Uh, Benoit actually throws Jackie at Sullivan. Then Sullivan just pushes her to the ground. Sullivan starts murdering Benoit with surfboards. Sure, that helped with the concussions. Uh, Jimmy, so they're on this, their little set, you know, these guys always got to get on the set. So Jimmy Hart, they have like a little lifeguard tower, and Jimmy Hart gets up into it, and they knock him over, and he flies into the bushes. They end up back in the ring. absolutely the best part of the match. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, they end up back in the ring. They bite each other. Uh, it was like three, two or three cripplers in a row with, with a rope break. Hart ends up distracting the ref, and Jackie slides in the chair. Uh, and Jack says, I want to hit him. But she hits Sullivan instead and walks off. Benoit hits the flying headbutt for the win. Massive pop. And uh, Hart runs down Sullivan post-match. This angle went it, a match too long. <laughs> it, I definitely agree. Yeah. When, but they definitely at least played into the rest of the real-life domestic dispute bullshit. They're like, well, at least it happened in real life. We at least got to finish it out in storyline. <laughs> Um, but you know, Jackie, when she did that, she, you know, she had enough and she reminded me of Jennifer Lopez in that movie where she had enough. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tina Turner. (laughs) Put some steak on it. All right, let's get out. (laughs) Where would she be? She'd be rolling down the river. That's where she would be. That's not even our movie of the week. I and I don't think our movie has that many funny quotes. No. <laughs> I don't know where I okay. left off here. Okay, next match. <laughs> it's Mongo versus Jeff. Oh, you left off. There's no such thing as a weaker sex. <laughs> 110 in your bra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you, you get it out of you? <laughs> We get Mon- that's what he said. That's what he said. Mongo versus Jeff Jarrett for the U.S. title. Uh, Deborah's on the apron for the distraction. She's got the Halliburton in hand. Jarrett ends up grabbing it. Uh, I liked the only thing that I really liked about this was two things. The first one was when Jarrett goes to use the briefcase, Mongo actually blocks it with his arm, but he sells his arm because it just got smashed with the briefcase. Then we get the headshot, three count. Deborah turns, aligns with Jeff Jarrett which means that her and Mongo were probably divorced for the last two, three months. You know, it's funny that you just said the last rivalry or last feud went a match too long. This entire waiting for her to turn took probably two months too long. Oh, yeah, at least. I've been waiting for this for so long that when it happened, even though it's 25 fucking years old, I actually threw my arms in the air, and I was like, finally, I've been waiting for this heel turn. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh, man. But, yeah, it was. you're right about the one to the arm and then the head, but I don't know. It looked like Jarrett was ready to go for two swings, so I wonder if the whole plan was for him to try to block the first. Mm, Yeah, I don't know, man. Could have just been a botch. But that's the other thing, too. If he botched it, he sold it well. He covered it up good because he sold the arm, which opened him up for the headshot. 
I mean, I kind of like that. It was just, said, it's a small little thing, but, you know, it never happens. It's always just a headshot or a she duck. said, I'm always going to be with the U.S. title, y'all. <laughs> That's what she said into the camera. Pretty awesome. much. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so uh, a couple quick things. We get Gene on the ramp talking about the hotline again and uh, Road Wild. Uh, we get a promo. It's going to be in Sturgis. Get the Hogan-Rodman pre-tape for the match tonight. Uh, and next we get Hall and Macho Man with Liz versus DDP and his mystery partner, and it's Kurt Hennig. Uh, my One of my favorite spots of the night was Hennig and Hall facing off, and Hall flicks the toothpick at him, and Kurt Hennig just spits his gum into Hall's face. <laughs> so uh, it was just not great. Not sanitary. Um, not sanitary at all. No, not at all. Um, you want to know where that gum's been? Deborah was just out there, you know. Uh, there was something interesting where Hall in the corner, I think, uh, whoever he was in the ring with was down, and Hall does the DX gesture. He does the crotch chop. We haven't even I gotten. I feel like to... I do remember him doing a couple of chops yeah. to the crotch, and, uh, and we don't I... have DX yet. It's true. <laughs> I just find it interesting. It's funny because I also saw this week on raw michaels do the fingers i'm so scared yeah. and i was like he's basically just stealing from hall each week he's watching nitro and be like yep i'm doing that one next week mm-hmm. yeah hall was the man man yeah so man. so hennig just axe handles ddp in the back and walks off hall hits the outsider's edge macho hits the elbow and uh macho dude Macho, before he gets the pin, actually, I think while he was on the top turnbuckle, before he drops the elbow, he looks at Kimberly and fucking hawks a loogie right at her. It was fucking nasty. Uh, Hits the elbow three count. There you go. I can't tell you how fucking much I want to gag every time I see that kind of stuff. (laughs) I do not like. It's not sanitary. Oh, my God. Not even that it's not sanitary, man. Just every time I... Oh, God. It's going to happen soon. It's going to happen at the end of uh, SummerSlam mm-hmm. coming up for us. You know? And I'm like, it just... It grosses me the fuck out every time. It's going to happen in Survivor like, Series, I, too. I, yeah, but I've... Exactly. But I've never in my entire life... I don't give a shit how much money... If someone came... To, if Joe fucking Rogan came to us right now and was like... I want to take your podcast with us, and we're going to fucking pay you thousands of dollars. Blah, blah. Oh, damn, you're going to spit a loogie right into his face. I'm like, I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shitting you. That's gross. There we go. Well, now that we know your opinion on that, it's good to know. I'll be sure not to spit on you next time. <laughs> next time. That next sounds time. like we... Never mind. Go ahead and move on. Please fucking move on. Please fucking move on. Uh, next, the NWO music starts and then stops and then... Piper's music hits. Uh, you know, that's what happens when you don't have somebody the level of uh, Kevin Dunn in your production studio, apparently. But it is Piper versus Flair. Uh, it's at this point that I stopped paying attention and started thinking about all the things I had to do that day. Uh, <laughs> Flair, so we started off with two good matches at least from there, whatever. Uh, Flair pulls out the uh, the tape knuckles out of his shorts. Piper blocks it, uses them on Flair. Uh, Mon goes to the ring to distract the ref. Benoit goes to the other side, goes for the headbutt, but Piper moves, hits Flair instead. And, uh, yeah, Piper wins with a sleeper. Not really much to go over here. I kind of got to say, man, 
he did not have a bad year or two when he came back for his final run. Yeah, beat Hogan I'm clean. I'm not ever counting Piper's run in 2006 and all that shit in WWE. Right. I'm talking this run here, he has put Hogan to sleep and he has put Flair to sleep. Yeah, clean, both. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, kind of big. I never really looked at his career really. He really had no problem defeating everybody. He's the only guy that Hogan's like, yeah, I'll put my, my shoulders to Matt for you. Let's right. Go. Gotta pay him back for WrestleMania 3. But uh, but you gotta sleep with WrestleMania my water. Sorry. <laughs> I worked 62 weeks last year. Alright. Anyway. Moving on. We get Michael Buffer in the house announcing the main event. We get Luger and Giant versus Hogan and Rodman with Macho at ringside. Uh, Hogan does a crotch chop as well. So, I, again, I find a little shit like that uh, interesting. Most of this match was Hogan and Luger, as you'd expect. Um, Rodman gets a hot spot where he arm drags Luger when he comes in, but Luger returns the favor. Big pop. Uh, Rodman hits a shoulder tackle. Big pop. Luger answers that with the lariat. Uh, flip, Wait, flop. before you move on. Okay. Because I know you're going to keep going on with the rest of this. Man, I forgot how goddamn big Rodman is. I know, when right? You see him in there with other wrestlers. Like, he was just, like, the top of his head was just above the bridge of uh, Giant's nose. Or, yeah, Giant's nose. Like, he was, like, not that short compared to Giant. I was like, he's a big motherfucker in here. So, the bumps people were taking seemed pretty real. As opposed to putting any other guy in there as of recently. I mean, even... I thought he actually did a better showing than Mongo's for se- several matches. Oh, Or yeah. even up to now. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But go on, please, because there's one move in particular that... It's kind of like when you're playing 2K and you find that one move you absolutely love to do, and you do it over and over and over. Rodman figured that move out during the middle of this match. Oh, I don't think I... Uh... Uh, yeah, I don't think I uh, have that in there. Uh, yeah, You'll figure it out. Go ahead. All right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll I guess we'll get there. Giant ends up spanking Rodman. <laughs> uh, gets him in a choke. Hogan goes after the knee. Uh, and we get Sting coming down the ramp. Looks like Stangdo. Hits Giant with the bat, points at Hogan with the bat. Uh, but Luger uh, dodges something. I don't know. My no- My notes suck, apparently. <laughs> Luger dodges a move from Hogan. He hits Rodman instead. Luger gets Hogan in the rack for the win. Then he racks Rodman. Then he racks Macho. That's what I have. I I am missing the details you are speaking of, so I'm going to let you speak to it. Well, first of all, that sting or stang that came down looked like a zombie walking to the ring with how (laughs) they were walking. It was weird, right? But it's going to play into the following night. Uh, No. What is it? A, A leapfrog. Easily, Uh, Rodman did probably 17 leapfrogs in this match. Like, a lot. Like, five or six on Luger within the first couple of minutes of him even wrestling. He did even a couple of the giant. I was like, they got there like, so what do you think you do? Like, I could could jump really, really high and spread my legs. All right, we could work with this. We could work with this a lot. (laughs) I'm just saying it was done so many times. It was, I was like, holy shit. Uh... But I guess it could be worse. It could have been trying real moves and botching them. Exactly. Like Snoop Dogg doing uh, an elbow drop off the top. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I You know what? I just had that image out of my head. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and now it's back for another couple years. 
Let's get into Nitro the next night. Nitro. We're in Orlando. Michael Buffer's opening the show, and he mentions the debut of the Nitro Girls. Kimberly, who has been tasked with creating this group of talented young women, comes out on the mic, which doesn't work, and she still proceeds to introduce all of the Nitro dancers one by one, but nobody can hear a fucking thing. We go to commentary. Shivani's mic don't work for shit either. You know how you know how Kimberly did that, right? I'm sure you're going to tell me. Remember how it, she went with the same uh, theory that that girl did in uh, The Replacements? She's like, I need some dancers. Where can we go? You know, pussycat. Anyway. <laughs> One of them's Shawn Michaels' wife. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right. Isn't one of them my... Uh, I think a couple of them the, are the married chick that's in uh, Ready to Rumble, right? I mean, that, that's who David Arquette gets a bang. She's... Uh, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> For an object! All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Yes, uh, your mics this night were fucking shitty. If it was like every way possible they could have issues with microphones, it was happening on this nitro. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Commentary calls out Stang from last night, obviously wearing a mask. They call it out as being Kevin Nash, which, it, yeah, I mean, it's pretty transparent. Uh, <clears throat> we open with Alex Wright versus Prince Ayakea. I love the pre-tape from Alex Wright. We finally get a promo from this guy without any interruption, without any bullshit. And all I could think about was, we care about nothing, Lebowski. And next day, we come back and we cut off your Johnson. <laughs> that's, that's all I could think about. <laughs> well, did he do it? <laughs> well, you have to wait till next week. Uh, the giant just comes out, choke slams the ref, grabs a mic. IUK gets a little lippy with him, and giant choke slams him. Uh, and then he choke slams six security guards. Says he's sick of the NWO and he wants Nash. Next, we get Eddie versus Chavo. Uh, it was a good uh, showcase for Chavo, uh, but Eddie wins. Um, hits a second frog splash after the bell. Uh, the older brother, Hector Guerrero, comes to the ring, runs down Eddie, and. Eddie shoves Hector to the mat and just powders. Good stuff. Uh huh. Mean Gene calls out. DDP comes out with Kimberly. Says he ran into Kurt Hennig in Minneapolis after a match. Uh, puts Sting over. Uh, just gives a little bit of a recap on how he's feeling after Hennig walked out on him. So there's that short segment. Gene's on the ramp. He calls out Harlem Heat. Uh, they call out Hall and Nash saying they want to meet in a match. Next match of the night, we get Buff and Stuff versus the Steiners. It's actually vicious and delicious. Buff but and <laughs> Nope, it's Buff and Stuff. <laughs> it's Buff and Stuff. NW arrives backstage, uh, including Conan. Uh, and Nash is there, but he's visibly limping, being helped on by the other guys. Uh, in this match, Muda and Chono interfere to DQ. Steiners fight him off. That's it. <clears throat> mean Gene recaps the promo from Raven uh, from the pay-per-view last night. Uh, visits Raven at ringside once again. And Raven says, the only announcement that I have is that there is no announcement. And Richard said, hey, but Raven, you told me if I signed a WCW contract. And Raven headbutts him and spits in his face. <laughs> More spitting. Uh, it's funny. The, I know it's a lot of, 
A lot of fucking spit in just one episode. You can fill a bucket. It's funny, though, the, the announcement is I have no announcement. <laughs> I think Tony Khan went to the School of Raven promos. <laughs> right. Holy shit, can we talk about what it was like to see a very high riddled up by... Uh, or Adderalled up by Tony Khan in person. <laughs> so I so I turn to my older son, and because I, I you know they announce him, I look over. I go, dude, this guy is hooked on Adderall, and he comes out. And I thought he, you were gonna say kids don't do drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he comes out and he just looks at me and he starts laughing his ass off because as soon as he came out, fucking full tilt, Tony. Well, yeah, he had his eyebrows tucked behind his head in a ponytail. He was like, oh, my God, we have everybody here tonight. Blue Girls Arena! Are you ready for Rampage? We have star-studded people. Are you ready? It's funny. As you took off, you texted me sniff, sniff, because he came out for his second appearance tonight. He goes, and I'm going to come out later, so this will be my, my second goodbye, but I'm going to have one later tonight, so that's like my, my, my third goodbye. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. He's long. Can I have some? <laughs> uh, next, we get your boy Mike Enos versus Benoit. Uh, Benoit wins. Not really much to say there. Uh, we- Just still shocked Mike Enos is here again. I, I Every time I see him, I'm like, this son of a bitch is still here. All the way back to Scott Hall. I'm just, <laughs> right. just still shocked. Oh, it's so great, this poor guy. Uh, next, we have Super Kolo versus La Parka. Parka looks at Kimberly on the way out uh, where the Nitro girls are, so they're kind of wondering if it's DDP again. So naturally, Macho comes out and attacks La Parka, thinking it's DDP, but DDP actually comes to the ring and attacks Macho. And Hennig makes the save with the hand protector, that they call it. It's that tape, knucked, uh, tape knuckles that uh, Flair used in the match. Uh, yeah, Macho hits the elbow. There you go. I loved it that he's so freaked out that it might be DDP inside of a LaParca costume right. again that he came out just to beat the shit out of him. I wish, though, instead of DDP showing up like that, I wish that this time he was super Kolo. So when they pushed him out of the uh, way... Ah, yeah, there you go. Probably be a little harder to That would have made me laugh do. even more. But it was just... Yeah. Either way, it, yeah, you don't need to go to the well twice, actually. Let's think about that here. Um, but it was awesome how Savage was just so pissed he just went running the ring to beat his ass. I just... <laughs> right? It made me laugh. I was like, he's so fucking fired up. Uh, Gene's waiting on the ramp for Kurt Hennig. Uh, DDP... He says, DDP has nothing in common with me. Calls him the biggest mark in the world. <laughs> that was a. I don't think I. This has got to be the first time we've heard the word Mark in the uh, Monday Night Wars. Uh, I, I want to say that I've heard the Marks, the actual Marks being referred to as Marks, but not another wrestler. No, no, not in that context. Correct. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, Hennig says DDP wouldn't last 30 seconds in the ring with me. Rumor is he doesn't last 30 seconds with that hose bag he calls his wife. Eesh. Oh, <laughs> he called your wife a hose bag. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, fine. Flair comes out and he's still trying to recruit Hennig. Uh, yeah, there you go. This brings us to hour two. Uh, we get the whole NWO pretty much minus Hogan, uh, and we've got Nash in a wheelchair now. Uh, they're on the ramp, says, and Bischoff says people are accusing him of being the sting imposter last night. Nash denies it, says he would never stoop so low, and he inducts Conan, a.k.a. K-Dog, into the NWO. 
And Nash ends the promo by saying, even though I'm looking like Larry Flint, I'm still just too sweet. They don't call him the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely the fact that he says Larry Flint, obviously yeah, it was a good I liked it. Kinda looks like him too. <laughs> well, I I got nothing. <laughs> this leads us to our I don't know, man. It was a, all right, move on. Jesus. <laughs> Six and Scott Hall versus Harlem Heat in a street fight. Uh, Nash is in the wheelchair ringside. Yeah, he tries to get up at one point and backs in, into his chair. Uh, we get an outsider's edge for the win. Not much to say there. Uh, next we get Masahiro Chono and Great Muda with Vincent versus Pubic Enema. Uh, Muda hits Grunge with the mist, and they get the win. What's that? Pubic Enema? Pubic Enema? You need half an animal? <laughs> Name that movie. It's the name. Ah, uh, I have no idea. House Party. Oh, okay. The, Been a while. The old guy from uh, what's what's his name? The one that passed not too long ago from uh, Friday. Friday. Yeah. The father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are y'all listening over there? Huh? Public Enema. Public Enemy. Y'all need a goddamn Public Enema. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, <clears throat> next we get Jeff Jarrett uh, versus Flair for the U.S. title a recap of the turn at one point Deborah's ringside and just starts looking into the camera and just starts cutting a promo during the match like there wasn't a fucking match going <laughs> I, I just want to take this moment y'all to let you know that the reason I'm not with Mongo anymore is I like to get a new man every five years, much like my facelifts. Five y'all. years? Probably like two years because it's not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, the uh, horseman just beat down uh, Jeff Jarrett. That's it. And then, uh, so we get Gene in the ring, as he says, in the shank of the evening. I have never heard that before. I have no idea what that means. But Luger comes to the ring, issues a challenge to Hogan at Road Wild for the title. NWO music hits. Luger keeps talking during the music. I Okay. Uh, it's the NWO minus <laughs> Nash, Hogan, and Bischoff. Stang comes out, goes right up to Luger, pulls off the mask and the wig, and it's actually Stang. Good night, fans. <laughs> that's literally that's literally what Shivani says. It's you're not shitting though. That's the best part. He pulls it off and go, it's Sting. Good night, fans. <laughs> and we're like at like, you know, I'd say 75%. It's just ending with Sting in the ring. And that's every week. It, yeah. Oh, God horrible mm. but it's it's funny to me because he walked to the ring the same way that nash did the night before did it but he takes off one mask oh it's a fake sting it's stang nope nope never mind one more mask it's the real sting i'm like <laughs> it's a lot of work for a four second segment right. man exactly exactly whatever and like you said good night fans it was over that was the end of nitro all right <laughs> now do you remember at Bash at the Beach, they're like, who's going to be DDP's partner? Right. If you didn't get enough of that shit, just tune into Raw the next night because <laughs> playing the same exact game. Yep, pretty much. And we'll get right into it. Uh, we got a recap of Canadian Stampede. They're in San Antonio this week, which is Austin's backyard, but more importantly, Shawn Michaels' hometown. 
Mm-hmm. Hart Foundation come to the ring. Uh, they're in the ring with Vince. Uh, Vince brings up Brett saying he wouldn't wrestle in the U.S. if he doesn't win the title at SummerSlam. Uh, Owen cuts a promo on Austin for their IC title match. Bulldog a promo on Shamrock for the European title match. Pillman has a match coming up with Goldust, and I love this promo. Pillman looks into the camera and says, Well, wait, hang on. Hang on. You just skipped a lot of shit. You know, it's really Before funny. You, you never you never say anything about the other stuff I skip because I do leave some shit out. But any time I skip anything for the Heart Foundation, you call it out. <laughs> no, these are big things, dickhead. <sighs> what do you got? What I'm saying is each one of them are talking about the stipulations that they have in each one of the matches. So even before you get to Pillman, yeah, I Brett, leave that. Yes, out. he'll yes. leave the U.S. Owen is the ass kissing. Yeah, Bulldog said if he loses, he will eat a can of dog food. Mm-hmm. And now Pillman, if he loses the next night on Raw, he will wear a dress. So now. This works so great into, yes, your promo that you want to bring up. Please bring up Brian Pillman's promo. So he looks in the camera and says, Dusty, I know you're watching. I love you. Not really. I just like your style. Years of abuse turned your son into the most celebrated drag queen of all time. <laughs> and, yes, Pillman does say, rough. I, yeah, Pillman does say, I'll wrestle you in a dress, one of Marlena's. And if that happens, won't be the only thing of hers I'll be in. Jesus. <laughs> it's Pillman, man. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, it made me remember, oh, yeah, this whole Pillman and Marlena thing. And I forgot he gets her all gothed up at one point. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, here's a side of Marlena I didn't think. Anyway, um, yeah. and then they go to Anvil, who doesn't have a match at SummerSlam. And he goes, if anyone I got these guys lose, I'm going to shave my goatee the next night on Raw. Right. Yep. I had that. So, All right. Since, so yeah, the most stipulations heading into one fucking pay-per-view already. Yeah. Too many gimmicks. Too many cooks. So naturally, since you, you've got, you know, all the heels there, all the faces got to come out. So it starts with Austin and Shamrock. And then somebody we haven't seen on Raw yet, the Patriot. Well, I knew something had to be up because... The Titan Tron was just an American flag waving while Stone Cold's music was playing. And I was like, this seems weird. And then they go, well, look at this. It's the debut of Del Wilkes, the Patriot. And I'm yeah. like, zero inkling that this guy was coming. Have you seen a promo? Have we even nope. at once mentioned that he is on the way? Nope. Probably just a Thank few you. house shows. Probably just a few house shows. Uh, and then we get uh, Sid actually comes out as does Shawn Michaels. There you go. So, yeah. In his hometown. In his hometown. Oh, yeah. Always the big pop. Uh, Royal Rumble was there, the last one. Yep. Yep. Uh, Next, we get Jerry Lawler and Brian Christopher versus Scott and I'll be goddamned Ivan Putzky. (laughs) Which? Which is what we heard, I assume. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oh, yeah. That was Ivan. That was Ivan singing before the match. Uh I literally just had my jaw drop. I'm like, what in the fucking shit am I watching right now, man? I wrote WTF in my notes, so I'm right there with you. Oh, fair enough. That's, wow, dead on, except I I did the real swearing. Um, And they end up getting the win. It was just 
the whole thing is really just based around Lawler and Brian Christopher. And it's funny how much they push this and then it just fades away one day. That's it. They just stop talking about it. And then all of a sudden he's uh, with Scotty Too Hotty and he's uh, Brian Christopher. That's it. They're just doing the too cool thing. That's it. Yep. They just stop talking about it one day, I feel like. Pretty much. Yeah, I it, it, it is weird. Uh, they're already calling Brian Christopher too sexy. But, yeah, I don't. It's WWE, man. <laughs> they got a short-term memory. Yeah, so next we get a How re- many stepmoms do you think that Brian Christopher has had that are younger than him? I, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, good night, know. folks. <laughs> yeah, good night, folks. Ain't getting any better than that. We get a recap of Mankind wanting to be Austin's partner. Uh, man, they, We see Mankind backstage. Uh, he's in the shadows and says nothing. He's doing the Raven treatment. Bearers backstage. Too much writing on the wall for this for me. What's that? Too much writing on the wall for me for this entire show. Yeah. For a night of who is going to be his partner. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're actually going to be getting into that pretty cool. Uh, pretty quick. Pretty cool. Paul Bearers backstage said, yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Too many nuggets. Says he's going to drop a bomb and he's going to prove Kane is alive next week. Got to love those teases. Uh, next, we get a light heavyweight match to Jiri Yoshihiro versus Taka Michinoku, and Michinoku wins. So, that's Tajiri, man. Yeah, that is the first oh, yeah. time we're ever seeing Tajiri in a ring. God, he was like—I've only ever I had seen to him with like, those. Yeah, but I—I've I, I, only ever really seen him like even when he came into like the SmackDown era in like oh three oh four. He was probably in his thirties, maybe at this point. He still looked like he had a shoe apiece under each one of his eyelids. He had those big, like, CM Punk kind of eyelids. Right. And this is the youngest baby face looking Tajiri had ever seen. Mm-hmm. I took me by surprise. Same thing. As soon as I saw him, I go, shit. And him and Taka, it was a really good match. Compared to all the other cruiserweight, light heavyweight matches that's been going on as of recent, as well, with exception to Jericho and the Ultimo Dragon match, other than that, this is actually a really, really good match to watch recently in Monday Night Wars. Yeah, again, I think it's, uh, you know, you still get definitely a little bit of the Lucha style uh, with these guys, but it's, it, you know, you definitely start to see a lot more of the strong style aspect. Uh, so, yep. even for the smaller guys. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I'd rather watch these matches than the, because I'm burned out with the WCW Cruiserweight division at this point already. I don't even know anybody. There's too many of them. Yeah. I can't, couldn't keep up in 97, can't keep up now. <laughs> right. Well, right now all you got is the Usos and either the New Day or now the Private Profits. Pay us, Jim Cornette. We did it first. <clears throat> so next we get uh, Shamrock with a backstage promo, says he's not going to be Austin's partner tonight. He's got a match against Anvil. So there's one off the table. Next, Los Boricuas show up in the Lowrider. Uh, they they swing by DOA's motorcycles. Uh, I, I like the car. I thought it was pretty nice. Kind of want one. <laughs> they don't call them ODM for nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, apparently they were walking right into the arena for their match because next it's the Headbangers versus Miguel and Jose of Los Boricuas. It's a sweater! Aw, oh, you asshole. <laughs> Jefe, do you know what a Boricua is? <laughs> uh, 
Ah, uh, fucking Los Bariquas interferes. The DQ DOA comes down. It's a brawl. What'd you expect? We get uh, not to see them more than once in the same night, but hang on. <laughs> Hold my beer. Next, we get the Patriot backstage for his first promo. Says he's not there to team with Austin. He's here to protect America. Well, damn. You know what? I you know what I actually heard uh, on Cornette's show weekly reference. He was talking about when the Patriot debuted because I mean Cornette's still there, and uh, yeah, he said for like the first month. Like their, if not their biggest seller, one of their biggest sellers for merch was the Patriot mask. Because they weren't really selling any lucha masks in WWE, so that was probably the only one you could really get at that time. Right. And you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not sure if WCW was smart enough to sell lucha masks mm. at their tables or not. So it's probably that's probably why it was a big seller. Yeah. Um, tell me that his voice didn't match who he was when he when he opened up and started talking. You're like, yeah, that didn't match. <laughs> yeah, no, you just look at him, and I'm expecting like a, I'm here for America, right? Even Kurt Angle, like, kind of, yeah, yeah. He had a real deep voice. He was like, Vince, I'm here for America. I was like, only you can protect forest fires. <laughs> it's the '50s version of Captain America. You know, you gotta get what you get. Yeah. All right, so Vince is in ring, introduces Shawn Michaels, Big Pop, uh, asks if he's going to be Austin's partner. I mean, why not? It's not like they're the tag team champions, technically anyway. Um, says he isn't, so he teases it. He says he's not 100%, but neither of them were when they won the title, so he's good to go right now, but that's up to Austin. Uh, brings up the Brett match and the stipulation. Says he's not scheduled for SummerSlam. That's someone else's decision, and he just kind of cocks his head at Vince, who chuckles. Of course, Vince does the chuckle like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he funny, everybody? <laughs> and he gets on his knees and begs the boss to allow him, the dirty, rotten employee he is, to let him to be part of SummerSlam. He'll set up ring. He'll sell concessions. He'll sell tickets. He'll shine his shoes. He just wants to see Brett lose and get the hell out of here. So... Wonder what he'll end up doing. Yeah, I wonder too. He'll probably fuck it up, whatever he does. Probably have a loogie involved too. <laughs> fuck too me. much spitting. Yeah, let's not let's not dwell on that. Hour two. Savio runs out to the ring, grabs a cameraman to come with him. There's been a major accident, and it looks like they've run over one of DOA's motorcycles, and they're smashing with a garbage can. And naturally, DOA shows up, and it's a brawl. So there you I go. Love it. It's good stuff. Good shit. Yeah. Hour one and hour two. Uh, next we get Anvil versus. Now let me ask you a question. Does your version tell you that after Raw is over, they keep telling you about the SummerSlam flashback? SummerSlam so, flashback. I don't know if I missed yeah. that or after, not. After, after yeah, they, they, that's why they edited it out. It was a commercial but it would go in between some of the segments and it would say the greatest names in SummerSlam history. And then it was like Hulk Hogan, Diesel, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude, Ric Flair, Roddy Piper. I was like, they're literally naming everybody possible and it was a one-hour flashback of SummerSlam tonight, huh. right after Raw. No. And 
then later on when you're listening to the 1900 options you hear Jim Ross say and some people who are a little upset about our SummerSlam flashback episode what are their thoughts on it makes a quick mention of that so if that wasn't included in your version it's because they wiped it all clean yeah probably or, or I don't know. But WWE was just trying to put the names to be edgy. Like, wow, wait, they work in another company and they're calling them by their old names. There were even their their real names now. <gasps> Ooh, yeah, shit, dude. The I- one hour flashback. We've seen the matches. <laughs> yeah, right. Just running old. Footage. And you're not fitting all 47 names in one hour like it was a big giant giveaway. I was gonna say five minutes a piece if you're lucky. If that, okay. Please move on with the rest of Raw. All right. Anvil versus Shamrock. Shamrock hit a Frankensteiner. Looked pretty good. Uh, wins with mm-hmm. a sleeper. Bulldog comes down, and it's a beat down, but the Patriot comes out to make the save. Uh, we go back to Mankind. My country. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> we go back to Mankind again. He's still in the back and still not saying anything. There you go. Get the new Blackjacks versus Legion of Doom. Godwin's jump, LOD on the way to the ring. Hawk gets busted open on the back of his head, and there's actually no match. So, thanks for showing up, JBL. Which is great because I watched Hawk blade himself. Oh, did you? I didn't catch it. Yeah. So, he takes a, what's it, the slot bucket drop or whatever they call it, uh-huh. which is basically like Sting's death drop. He did it on the ramp, and the back of his head was busted. But... He had one finger taped up, and I watched because as soon as he got busted, I go, oh, I got to go back and see that hit again. And you watch as one finger has tape on it, and as soon as he goes down, he puts his hand right on it. And, he, and I was like, ah, there it is. Nice. Yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't strike me as the most subtle of, of workers when it comes to blading, but hey. But I will say, a little bit of cut probably did went a long way for however much he had prior to the ring. <laughs> probably seeped right into the bloodstream. <laughs> probably still some on the razor. Okay. Anyway, next we get Flash Funk versus Vader. Who do you think won that match? Oh, Vader, you are so Man. funky. <laughs> Austin's backstage, asked about Mankind potentially interfering or Shawn Michaels being good to go. Doesn't care either way. Uh, no way they're losing the titles. So... Oh, we do get the main event. It's Owen and Bulldog versus Austin and question mark for the tag titles. Austin jump starts up before his partner even shows up. Bell has rung. Holds him off for a bit, but the numbers are too much. I don't like the way that they did this logistically. So we get mu- we go we get a shot backstage. We hear some music playing. We see somebody in wrestling boots tapping their foot. They walk towards the camera and they go to break. But when they come back no music is playing. Exactly. They come back, and Austin's just wrestling. Nothing's happened. Bothered me, too. Yep. And then Bothered me back then. Bothered me when I saw it again. I swear, I'm so glad it, it made you just as mad. It was terrible. I don't get, like, I get you tease things, but that you didn't need to tease that. Take your break and come back and just do it. So what we get is we get Dude Love on the screen during the match, cutting a little promo saying, hey, you didn't want to partner with that freak mankind. Well... How about me, Daddy-O? And fucking dude love comes down. Austin looks confused and pissed off. It was a great it look. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Ah. 
But here's my thing with this. Why they did that was because they were still fighting Nitro on time at the end. Remember this. So right. Uh, what they were doing is that tease was to keep you staying on USA and not looking at Nitro. While I think I can understand the idea of the tease, don't do the music then next time. The right. music was stupid. It threw me off too. But it was, I man, I still smiled just as much because it's a, a guy who you know has been hardcore all his life and has never exactly had a time where he was out dancing at clubs and bars. So watching him dance is just fucking fun. I like watching Mick Foley dance. It, 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 it's a nice, it's like an alternate uh, uniform or jersey in sports. <laughs> it's nice every once in a while. But, but did uh, you notice he's not mankind? He's not Jack Foley. He is dude love. Why did they say Jack Foley? I don't know. I Well, I think Jack Foley was one of his, like, I think he went as Jack Foley in uh, as a jobber when he was like on like wrestling challenge like uh-huh. before he was cactus jack okay Maybe that might have been it it's just coming to my head but um yeah man they ended up winning austin helps dude love by giving him uh, by giving uh bulldog the stunner one two three matches over and we have new tag champs and austin after two girls come in and just start dancing on him a couple of whores jump in the ring and start dancing all over Dude Love, he just drops the title and goes, that's pretty pimp. Good for you. All right, I'm out, or something like that. Yeah. And that's how they ended Raw. Good night, folks. <laughs> Good night, folks. Hey, it was better than just seeing Sting in the ring again. I, Dude, I loved it. I Like I said, great ending. I remembered it all very well as the whole thing was happening. It was just, like I said, I smiled. But let's not forget, not only is he doing this, at SummerSlam, he's facing Triple H in a steel cage match as Mankind. Just kind of a little something extra. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, you know what you didn't mention? What's that? The, your version may not have had it. Doc Hendricks letting you know that for the SummerSlam pay-per-view, what you can expect is all these upcoming matches. Dog food eaten in a can by British Bulldog. But they also announced that it will be Godwins and Legion of Doom as well as that steel cage match. And an eight-man tag, Los Borriquas versus the DOA. So these matches have all been added on to all those other matches with stipulations. Gotta be honest, I miss these days. I don't even know what the date of SummerSlam is about to be, but we are at least two to three weeks away, and they have all these matches Man, they don't do that anymore. You don't build with that many matches and start just building good storylines and stuff. I just, it was nice to see that you have a whole card pretty much in front of you to know, yeah, I think I'm going to end up getting that pay-per-view. Yeah. No, Fuck, I... that dude's going to eat a, a can of dog food? Shit, I'm in for that alone. <laughs> Pass. Which is bullshit, by the way. It is bullshit. The end of these stipulations end up being bullshit. That's all I want to say. Well, you should know that. That's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. that. (laughs) Movie? (laughs) I I, I can talk a movie. (laughs) This week, our movie, Good Johnny Depp Classic. Who pooped the bed? No, I'm just kidding. 
No, it's a, it's a movie I actually quoted not too long ago when Ray Liotta passed. It's Blow. Not Blow. Blow! Sorry, I've been waiting to use that all day. Every time I kept seeing that the movie was Blow, I had to at least go back to the Richard Lewis line from Men in Tights. All right, man. You start off. Talk about Blow. I haven't seen it in forever. Hell of a drug. Yeah. You talk about it. <laughs> do, you, do you know I, I had to watch five and a half hours of wrestling for this? I didn't have time to go back and rewatch Blow. You should have started with some Blow at the movie. Nah. Oh, and then no, definitely got into not. wrestling. Definitely not. Definitely not. I could have just called TK up. Oh, the movie. Okay. I will say, it is this movie. I think I've told you this before. I think I've gone on air to say it. Mm. It is this fucking movie right here that I hate Penelope Cruz. Okay. I don't have an opinion about her either way. She blows him in at the end. She blows him in. They're just riding along in the car. You're like, you want to divorce him? Fucking divorce him. But don't mess with him so bad that he gets into a, a damn near accident. Cop pulls him over and she goes, he's got cocaine in the trunk. Fuck you. Come on, man. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. It is. Fuck her. No, I don't know why certain scenes or things like that make me think of certain people. Because you're a Mark. Like Penelope Cruz. You're, your mama a Mark. <laughs> My mom was too drunk to be a Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Let's get into the movie Blow. Uh, good cast. You do have not only Johnny Depp and Ray Liotta. Uh, you do end up getting Bobcat Goldthwait, which is amazing. He is the one that tests the purity of the cocaine, the one that can't feel his face. And my favorite and yours, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Love that Pee Wee Herman's in this movie. Yeah. It's a nice touch. And and that fat guy that got real skinny. <laughs> that Tuna, guy. Tuna, the one who was like in my... Yeah, okay, that guy, yeah. If you have not watched this movie, I will not give you a whole lot of uh, spoilers, okay? It does begin with marijuana, and they say it could be a gateway drug. Apparently, for this man, it is. Excellent movie. Did anybody win an Oscar for this? I don't think they did. And I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, but that's not uncommon. You know, it's all rigged Yeah, anyway. they usually have it. Right, it's usually... The, yeah. But uh, it just it kind of makes you think: Could I make it across the border, or a, a flight with I don't know fifty kilos of cocaine? You think you could? Fuck no. See, and according to George Young, he likes to think about a, a pleasant experience, a nice sexual experience, and you're just walking right through, and you don't have to think about the fact that. You could be going to jail for the rest of your life. I could promise you this. I do not give a shit. I could not put my mind in any situation. The best sexual experience of my entire life, real or imagined, could not make me think of anything like that other than the fact that I'm walking through drugs through an airport. Let me just tell you that. All I'm doing going through is, I have drugs, I have drugs, I have drugs, I have drugs. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, no fucking way. Oh, man. But if you haven't checked it out, we, we do recommend watching Blow. It is a, a little more than two hours, but it is a true story. So 
it'll tug on your heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> Next week. That is what? not how I would describe blow, but we'll go with it. It'll tug on your heartstrings. Well, Christina, <laughs> his daughter. Okay, it's not this is us. It's fucking blow. All right, it, <laughs> fine. It'll tug on your heartstrings if you've ever been addicted to blow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, next week we will be back, not only as the top of wrestling does every week on uh, Wednesdays at 12 o'clock, the top topic will be here. We'll have some top AEW news as Fighter Fest Night 1. It will be wrapping up later tonight. Maybe one day we'll hear from Nightwing. We miss you. Hope everything's all well, sir. Oh, hi, Nightwing. Hope and you're feeling good, brother. As always, I bid you a farewell. ODM being the doc, the man that he is, he likes to leave you with four words. Fucking Wi-Fi sucks there. It sure does. <laughs> The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. I expect you to. It was funny after you left. Xavier and Vinny look at me and they goes, Daddy smelled like it at the garage. <laughs> you know what's funny? You already have an idea about our story. Here we go. <laughs>
All right. Let me do the do, and then I'm ready to do the podcast, too. Do the do. While you're doing the do, I'll tell you a quick story. We were, uh, it was a long time ago. Somerville's in the hole, man. It's going away soon. It's a sad state of affairs. Uh, but aside from that, uh, a while ago, you know, Mike and I were there with another buddy of ours, and I'm sitting there, and I got my back to the guy sitting next to me on the bar because I'm looking at Mike. And I hear him lean over the bar, and he goes, Timmy, let me get a Henny and do. This motherfucker ordered a Hennessy and Mountain Dew cocktail. I tell Mike and my buddy Dave, I go, this dude just ordered a class in trash. Is this thing on? Bro. <laughs> Uh, I didn't hear more than half of that story. I'm, I think I, I got to try calling you back. I have one bar on my phone. I got to call I you back just... keep the recording going. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Just hell. keep the recording I'm, going. I'm recording. This motherfucker, that's what you get for living out in the middle of nowhere or having your fucking in-laws live in the middle of nowhere. What the fuck? Kind of fucking two-bit operation we were running here. So here's the deal. I am now restarting this fucking phone, and this is oh my god, I'm so irritated. Oh, this sucks. Fucking shitty phone, shitty fucking service in this fucking town where I live. Motherfuck. Oh look at that, four thirty. Didn't even get to shave time off after I thought I was gonna. Motherfucker. Fucking bullshit. I'm gonna say what happened? Somebody crashed their cow into a telephone pole. Yo, <laughs> this <clears throat> this day is a shit show. Hang on, tell me. I just switched back my Bluetooth. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. I didn't even hear what your fucking story was. <laughs> I guess I'll find out You'll when find out. the... Yeah. 